Perhaps it was that the friends of Jesus knew that to travel back to where they were would be dangerous for Jesus. The government was, in fact, looking for him to arrest him and do him harm. So they didn't bother sending a message to him that Lazarus was pretty sick, but rather waited until almost the end of his life to send a message to Jesus, perhaps a courtesy out of loving friendship, that Lazarus is doing very poorly and was, in fact, actively dying. Perhaps it was this kind of, I just thought you should know. We're just letting you know. Now, as a side note, this sadly is what many people do today when their loved one is dying and they want the attention of the church. It happened twice last month. It's as if someone was given a certain amount of time by their doctor to live, say 24 hours, and the family watches the clock for 20 hours to pass, and then they'll say, call the rectory and get a priest out here right away. And both times last month, they said, we've been crawling parishes. Please, can someone at this parish come? And we're like, father's hearing confessions, and I have to go over and start mass. You're going to have to wait a few hours. So, My brothers and sisters, it's been since the Council of Trent in the 1500s that danger of imminent death is not a prerequisite for the anointing of the sick. It's called the anointing of the sick because you get it when you are sick, not when you're dying. So please, if someone is seriously ill, be anointed right away. Don't wait. You want to make sure, especially in this time when there's a shortage of priests, that priests are available and the sick person can enjoy the benefits of the sacrament. But for unrelated reasons, Martha and Mary put off telling Jesus just how bad off Lazarus was. In fact, even before they take off to see, before Jesus takes off to see Lazarus, we can surmise that he was already dead and may have been dead for a little while. So they get into town and we can see morning rites are in full swing. They go out to the grave, and Jesus says, remove the stone from the tomb. Remember, this is, Lazarus has been dead for several days. Now, you and I, we know how this story turns out. It's a very nice story about one of Jesus' good friends being brought back to life. People in this story have no idea what's going to happen. They've just come to this tomb with the dead body in it and, has asked Jesus, and Jesus has asked for the stone to be moved away. People who have never heard this story before, they know how strange this story is right now. I mean, one of them even comes up to Jesus. Martha comes up to Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus, it's been three days. There's going to be a stench. It's disgusting. Kind of gross. There's real tension building here. Uh, Most of you, most of us who are a little bit older, I think anyway, probably grew up and had to read in school W.W. Jacobs' The Monkey's Paw. You remember that story? There's a charm, it's a monkey's paw, that grants three wishes to three people. And the first set of three wishes were a disaster, and this family ends up with the monkey's paw, right? And the first thing they wish for is 200 pounds, English money. And after they make the wish, the husband goes off to work. And a little while later, there's a knock on the door. And a guy comes in and says, 
your husband was horribly mangled in a terrible accident and died, and the company wants to settle for 200 pounds. The wishes never come out exactly well. Then she thinks, I'm going to use my second wish to bring my husband back from the dead. So she makes the wish, and then, according to the story, we start hearing this awful knocking at the door. She's all excited because she thinks it's her husband, but her friend, wondering what mangled living form might be outside that door, is not so excited. Kids, if you want to know the end of the reading, tell your parents to buy the book and make you read it. But that's at the point in which we are in the story today. Jesus wants to see what's in the tomb. What would you imagine is in the tomb at this point? What would you imagine if you'd heard this story for the first time? What if someone came to you and said, you know, I want you to unbury one of your relatives. I want to have a look. And you're like, uh, no, it's time to move on. You're too late. It's over. Fortunately, they give in. And unlike the monkey's paw, this story has the best ending possible. And at the end of the story, which we heard today, I'll go, well, wasn't that nice? And then we go home and watch TV. Very dramatic, however. Why all the dramatics? Maybe this is part of why Jesus Christ cried. I hate having to go through all these dramatics to put Lazarus and his sisters through this. But think about what might be different if he didn't. Suppose he simply stayed where he was and said, Lazarus, be fine, and then went on with work. Or he got there in time and cured him. We might lead people to the conclusion that, well, we didn't actually see him do anything. It could have just been a crazy coincidence, him getting better. But you can't fake dying and death and decay. So there's only one solution to this story. This man, Jesus, is God. He has power over the living and the dead. He is our Savior and our Messiah. Now, this part is not necessarily the official teaching of the Catholic Church. This is me speaking. One of the biggest cliches ever is everything happens for a reason. You hear it all the time. And I don't know that that's exactly true. As if every bad thing that has ever happened, God willed for somebody's good. Yet we know, because he told us in Scripture, God did not will death for us. Yet here it is. This weekend, we buried my hometown priest, Father Kunkel. Did God will that? I think a better saying would be this. God can bring good out of anything that happens, even death. God can bring good out of anything that happens, even death. He brought good out of the death of Lazarus. He will bring good out of the death of Father Kunkel by way of salvation. Jesus brought good out of his own passion and death, the ultimate good as a matter of fact. Some of you, I know, because you've told me, are going through some very difficult times. Most of you right now are not, but all of us at one time or another do. It is not a sign of God's lack of love or favor for you 
if you are going through something difficult. Look at the guys on this back wall, the ones surrounding Jesus at the Last Supper, the 12 disciples. Save for one, all of them were as close to Jesus as you could possibly be here on earth. Yet all of them were persecuted and all but one of them didn't die of old age. Only one of them made it to old age, St. John, and died. But how much good has been brought into the world through them and what happened to them? And how much glory do you think they share with God right now? What good will God bring out of your situation? We may be as clueless to the outcome of it as the characters in today's gospel were clueless as to what was going to happen at the tomb of Lazarus. But be as true as the people in the gospel today. God, there's going to be a stench. But if you say so, and wait and see what good might be brought out of it. For even if it is death that you are facing, for those who love and trust him, that only leads to life and glory. And that is why we call him Savior.